Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. What does Jerusalem mean to you? We live in such a politically contentious time that the nation of Israel can be a divisive and confusing topic. Today, Pastor J.D. wants you to know that if you love Jesus with all your heart, you need to be supportive of God's chosen people. Stand firm behind God's truths found in His Word. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on October 15th, 2023. In our first update, we postulated that the COVID-19 coordinated response was used to manage a financial crisis rather than a health crisis. Shortly after that update, Klaus Schwab, founder of the World Economic Forum, WF, released his book, COVID-19, The Great Reset. Not surprisingly, the vision advanced by the book looks eerily similar to the system described in the eschatological scriptures. Basically, a political entity will exert worldwide control of the population through policies adopted by their network of large multinational corporations. Combine this economic structure with digital identification, central bank digital currency, CBDC, and a social credit score system, and it becomes obvious that they are building the ability to track every human and financial transaction. This system will ultimately require the mark of the beast technology that will block individuals from the economy who refuse to worship the Antichrist. The WEF Great Reset slogan is, I'm getting really tired of hearing this one, I bet you are too, Build Back Better. They claim that in 2030 you'll own nothing and be happy. The obvious implication is that they'll own everything because they will. Previously we warned about the biblical implications of vaccines, so-called, that are genetic in nature and have the potential to alter human DNA. Keyword potential. Right now they damage human DNA, but in the tribulation they will alter DNA. A study from Sweden has concluded that the Pfizer COVID-19 mRNA vaccine causes reverse transcription in human liver cells. Reverse transcription is a method of DNA modification. Additionally, the vaccines have harmed or killed countless millions with no media coverage whatsoever. We have experienced the most pervasive psychological operation in history, as much of the world's population was convinced that the vaccine was created for the virus, while the opposite was true. 
The World Health Organization, WHO, is currently working to ratify in 2024, next year we've talked about this, a pandemic treaty that has the potential to supersede national sovereignty in the event of a health crisis. This treaty, if ratified, could mandate future WHO World Health responses, including vaccine mandates and passports. One of the tenets of Klaus Schwab's Great Reset is the Fourth Industrial Revolution. For humans, this envisions the combination of biology, digital technology, and genetic engineering in order to, quote, change what it means to be human. This is Yuval Harari, the protege of one Klaus Schwab, who is in Israel, out of Israel, leading the way in Israel. I'm going to come to that at the end. This doctrine is driven by the philosophical principle of transhumanism. It is our strong contention that there are two lines, and I want you to really think this through, two lines parallel of prophetic events that will eventually converge, gradually and then suddenly, to set the stage for the seven-year tribulation. The first is the previously discussed and currently unfolding worldwide financial and monetary crisis. I hope you know, I'm not quoting him, just real quick, please listen to this. This is very important. Everything that has been done by the government to their people has had at its core money, the love of money, which is the root of all kinds of evil. The evil perpetrated on humanity comes vis-a-vis this evil love for money. It's all about money. In the Middle East, oil slash money. And that's where he goes. He says the second is the regional, listen to this, nuclear conflict in the Middle East involving Israel, May of this year. Iran continues to arm Israel's enemies while the world has given up on preventing a nuclear-armed Iran. Again, the puzzle pieces of prophecy are not completely clear from our perspective looking forward. However, in retrospect, prophetic events will be fulfilled precisely. Here is what we see from our perspective looking forward. We expect at some point a preemptive strike by Israel and potentially allies against Iranian nuclear facilities, Jeremiah 49, 35-39, followed by an attack on Israel by all her border nations, described in Psalm 83. He holds to the view that Psalm 83 is a prophecy, resulting in a blistering Israeli nuclear response, Isaiah 17, Damascus, Jeremiah 49, Syria in close proximity to the rapture of the church, 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18, 1 Corinthians 15, 50 through 58. By the way, I've uh, shared this before, but I am becoming increasingly convinced, even now more so with the developments in Israel as of the last week, or a little over a week, that all of this sudden is simultaneous with the rapture. In other words, when all of this goes down, we go up. No, for real. Yeah. (laughs) 
So the rapture, followed by an overwhelming Russian-led attack, including Turkey, Iran, Libya, and Ethiopia, likely Sudan, on Israel, Ezekiel 38 and 39, that results in a devastating supernatural defense of Israel by God. Some believe in a span of less than 24 hours, Ezekiel 38 is fulfilled. Imagine the consequences of this sequence of events for the failing world financial system, which is what this is all about. Oil flow from the Middle East is cut off while the world economy is sinking into recession. Energy prices skyrocket, exaggerating the inflation caused by central bank monetary policy of QE, quantitative easing to combat the world banking crisis. This conflict may be overshadowed by a larger conflict involving NATO and Russia or China, Taiwan and the U.S. As a result, food prices will likely soar consistent with Revelation 6 verses 5 and 6, which is a prophecy about it taking an entire day's wages just to buy the ingredients to make a loaf of bread impoverishing the vast majority of the world's population. This dramatic and sudden convergence of events will set the stage for the Middle East peace, Daniel 9.27, marking the commencement of the seven-year tribulation. Parenthetically, a little research will reveal that the world's food production is being targeted using environmental concerns in order to control the population. And he says this lastly, quote, Henry Kissinger, I've quoted this before, has been quoted as saying, listen, control food and you control the people. Control oil and you control nations. Control money and you control the world. This is the game plan. They are working to control food, energy, and money in order to implement a system that will ultimately be controlled by the Antichrist. This is why the current economic system is being disintegrated deliberately. This is why they're incinerating all of the food supply worldwide. They're torching all of these crops and warehouses and livestock. They're just killing them. Why? Because they want to control the food supply so that we'll eat bugs and be happy. Before we bring it to a close, I would like to add to what this brother so eloquently and succinctly wrote by factoring in the Temple Mount. Actually, this may very well be why what's happening now to Israel is happening now in Israel. I know that I run the risk of an oversimplification, but what's happening now has the propensity to set in motion in order the final prophetic events leading up to then ultimately fulfilled in the seven-year tribulation, namely the confirming of a seven-year covenant, the building of the third temple on the Temple Mount, and the committing of the abomination causing desolation by the Antichrist at the three-and-a-half-year mark, spoke of by Daniel in 9.27 and Paul in 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 4. Here's the bottom line. Thanks for your patience. The answer to the question of why Israel is because it's God's land with God's name given to God's people. To the question of why now, Israel is the hour hand, Jerusalem is the minute hand, and the Temple Mount is the second hand on God's prophetic clock. 
And why now is because it is now. Let me say the same thing in a different way. Why is this happening now? Because now, right now, is the time on God's prophetic clock that it's going to happen. Let me try that again. (laughs) Why now? Because now's the time. Why now at this time? Because now is that time. The second hand is just about there. The Temple Mount. I'll end the way we began by simply saying that it all comes down to Jerusalem. It all goes down in Jerusalem because God literally put His name on Jerusalem. And knowing that this is how it will end and that this is the end, can I just ask you a question? Should that not create an urgency in us, the likes of which we've never had before, nor will ever have again. An urgency to get Jesus to people and people to Jesus while there's still time, because people are asking questions now, people that would not have otherwise asked questions. They're watching the news, which don't watch the news. But they're seeing and hearing about what's happening, and it's just unthinkable and horrific. And they're starting to ask questions like, isn't there something about this in the Bible? I'm so glad you asked, because I'm at the ready to give to everyone an answer of that hope that lies within me. Let me tell you, in fact, you don't have to watch the news. It's right here. I can tell you what's going to happen next. What's going to happen next? Okay, this is what God's Word says is going to happen next. Oh, and by the way, you, you, you uh, are suspect? That's fine. That's fine. You, you, don't, you don't necessarily believe? That's fine. Um, let's go back and see what his track record is. You, you got a minute? It's actually going to take a, a more than a minute. Just all of, yeah, all of the prophecies that were already fulfilled with 100%, not 99.99%, 100% accuracy all of the, and not just that they were fulfilled, but they were fulfilled in such a way that it's unmistakably God, because only God could have done that. Only God could have foretold some 2,500 years prior exactly what's going to happen at the time of the end. And then you look around and you see it's happening exactly as He said it would happen. I'm beginning to see it happen. Jesus said, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws nigh. I told you. Told you so. Told you it was going to happen. It's happening. I know. I told you. They're going to see. And I told you that. I mean, God's not going to be like that. I'm getting a little excited, as a matter of fact, because I know what this means. This means Jesus is coming to get us and take us to that place that He prepared for us in His Father's house. Where He is, there we may be also. If it were not so, He would not have told us that He goes to prepare a place for us. It's a bridal chamber, as was the Jewish wedding customs in that day, that the bridegroom would come in an hour, a day or hour nobody knew, which made it a real problem for wedding invitations, because, you know, day, don't know, hour, don't know, just be ready. And He would come as a thief in the night. Can you just, I know I'm going over, Let me have this one too. This will be the last thing I ask you to let me have. The bridegroom would come. They would sound the trumpet. The bridegroom is coming. 
the bride would already be ready and they would lift her up from the earth and take her away. That's what Jesus is going to do. The trumpet's going to sound. The bridegroom is coming. We're going to be lifted up off the earth and carried away in the twinkling of an eye to be with him. And not only that, the dead in Christ, those loved ones that died in Christ, many of which I've done memorial services for, dear precious brothers and sisters who went home to be with the Lord, that are sorely missed to this day, even though it's been years. They're going to get their bodies first. The dead in Christ rise first. And then we who are alive and remain. That's the good news. That's the gospel. Jesus came, he was crucified, he was buried, he rose again on the third day, and good news, he's coming back again one day soon and very soon. That's the gospel, the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. It doesn't just end with the resurrection. Could you imagine? Good news. I died for you. I was buried. I rose again on the third day. Bye. Wait, wait, are you coming back? Yes, I'm coming back. That's the good news. Come back, take you out of this world to be with me. The ABCs of salvation, just very simple explanation of salvation, a tool to equip you with, should God ever give you the profound privilege of sharing Jesus with somebody, and the gospel of good news and salvation, of salvation found in the person of Jesus Christ. Start with the A, it's for admit or acknowledge that you have sinned. Otherwise, why would you need a Savior if you're not a sinner? Romans 3.10 says, there is no one righteous, not even one. No one's good. You might think you're good, and you might be a good person, but you'll never be good enough. And Romans 3.23 tells us why. It's because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We were all born sinners, which is why we must be born again to see and enter the kingdom of heaven. See, that's, that's the good news. We're saved by grace through faith. It's the gift of God. It's not of works, lest anyone should boast, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. See, there's nothing you can do to earn. In fact, you have earned death. Because the wages of sin is death, Romans 6.23. That's what you deserve. That's what you earn. Well, well, I want to get what I deserve. No, you don't. Because you deserve death, because you've been sentenced to death, and that's the bad news. But here's the good news. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The B, very central is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe would not perish, but have everlasting life. Romans 10 verse 9 says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And the C lastly is for call upon the name 
of the Lord. Romans 10, 9 also says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And then Romans 10, 13 lastly says, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Here's why, because out of the heart, the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, then the mouth is going to confess, Jesus is Lord. And you're going to call upon the name of the Lord. Okay, today's But God testimony. Again, thank you so much for your patience. So today's But God testimony comes from Ronit Lavan, a Jewish uh, Christian believer and sister in Christ. And I want to begin with what she ends with. But God is in control. Here's what she wrote. Dear Pastor Farah, I want to share with you an email I send to people that I know in Israel. What you said today about Netanyahu, this is last week, shocked me and turned me around. I was sidetracked and blinded by the media, just as I was sidetracked and blinded about COVID until I began watching your prophecy updates in February 2020. Some of the things I write in the emails are what you said in this update, and some are from your previous updates. It just all came together for me in an instant. I have clarified this with my friends, but I'm sure I didn't have to, as they also watch you too from Jerusalem. Shalom. (laughs) We love you, by the way. God bless you and your family and protect you. Love, Ronit. Now, here's one of the emails she sends to her friends in Israel. A while ago I emailed you, and you replied after I heard about how Bibi, but Netanyahu, sold the medical history and DNA profiles of most of the people in Israel to the highest bidder. Both Pastor Farag's prophecy update and you, there in Jerusalem in Israel, have confirmed that this was true, that he actually did this. I remember being in shock about it. Yesterday morning at 6 a.m. I heard Bibi speaking about how Israel was at war, how sidetracked and blinded I was by the media. Then the light bulb was turned on. The first concern of any government is not the welfare of the people. Its first concern is for the survival of the government. And if you want to unify people behind a strong leader, create a crisis. This afternoon in the Prophecy Update, Pastor Frog basically said this. Remember, Bibi was the one who turned the Israeli people into Pfizer lab rats. It was Bibi who sold the medical records and DNA profiles to the highest bidder. It's Bibi who said that he wants to lead Israel. He wants Israel to lead the way into transhumanism. Did you know that? Transhumanism. And now Hamas just drives through the most secure border in the world, and at the same time Bibi is having political problems. Do you see a pattern here? People cannot understand how 1,000 terrorists made their way through the border at Gaza into Israel. The only way that many people with trucks, cars, motorcycles, and hand gliders could breach that border would be if somebody took the entire security apparatus offline, essentially opening the door. The media is so strong in its presentation. I was sidetracked and blinded to the truth, but God is in control. You've been listening to a Prophecy Update with Pastor J.D. Farag on In Spirit and Truth. 
Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. As you continue to learn about the things that are happening all around us and how that relates to the Bible, take some time to pray for this nation and for the world as a whole. How all the details will play out is still unknown, but God treasures the prayers that are offered on behalf of His people and the world around them. Continue to delve deep into God's Word on your own and gain some useful insight about these things in addition to what you hear from Pastor J.D. Are there some things that you heard today that really touched home in your heart that you'd appreciate some prayer over? We'd be honored to pray for you. Let us know what those requests are by going to jdfarag.org and then fill out the form under contact. Once again, that website is jdfarag.org. You can also find us on social media. You'll find links to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube on our website. And we encourage you to follow them so you can stay up to date with all that's happening at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe and in spirit and truth. If you're wanting to access these things on the go, we have a mobile app that's available for iPhone and Android users. Just look under the resources tab. That's all we have time for today, but thanks for joining us. We look forward to our next edition where you'll get the opportunity to hear more insightful things about the days that we're living in and how that intersects with what's been predicted in the Bible. Join us again here on In Spirit and Truth.